Halloween three. Yeah. Where's the warm up? There it is. Three. Three. It's kind of like Westbrook, like his little shake up thing. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, it is. It yeah. is. It's, it's 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 almost identical. All right, we're moving on to Halloween three. The one without Michael Myers. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Of the Witch. All right, Danny, give me my pumpkin spice latte. You got it. Halloween 3, Season of the Witch is a horror film uh, having nothing to do with Michael Myers, but rather a tale of a um, warlock that has used... He's a warlock. He's a male witch. A warlock who... Um, through the use of interesting properties from the Stonehenge stones, has been able to take particles of that and infiltrate and put them on Halloween masks that he is able to distribute worldwide because he is a worldwide mask seller and the originator of the practical joke. His name is Colonel Cochran, and it is his plan to have those particles simultaneously on Halloween night during a big giveaway on uh, the TV with a very catchy jingle, activate and eat the heads of all the kids that are wearing them and have insects and reptiles and all sorts of matters come out of them, effectively killing a lot of kids on Halloween night. That is what Halloween 3, Season of the Witches, Pumpkin Spice Latte. Thank you, Danny. What the fuck are we talking about? Uh, so, Lance, what happened was, uh, yeah, the Halloween franchise was still being put out by. This was a another film being put out by Universal. Okay, and uh, the powers that be were able to agree to what John Carpenter, Deborah Hill, had wanted to do for since the beginning. Maybe, but had this idea towards the end. They said, what if we, and Tommy Lee Wallace, who is directing this movie, who was actually the production designer and the editor of Halloween 1, uh, confirms that somewhere along the line, somewhere dropped the ball, where they said, why don't we make every year on Halloween a Halloween anthology sort of story or movie that then itself could spawn its own sequels if you want. What a great idea. I mean, to me, it sounds like it could have worked. John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. I'm, I'm in. Yeah. What's the problem, though? With what? Why didn't it work? I, I don't know. That synopsis might have something to do with it. <laughs> I don't know. I think the movie itself could have worked fine. I think if it's a fine movie. <laughs> the problem is you called it Halloween 3. Yeah. The problem also is that you fooled the audiences on purpose. Now, that one, I don't know who to throw it up to, whether it's the director, the the brass at Universal, or all, everyone else. I think it's just marketing. How do you, you sell the film? You, fill, you fooled the audience, and they, in turn, paid you back by shitting on this film immensely. It is the second lowest performing Halloween movie of the whole franchise. Big in part, you call the Halloween 3, three season of The Witch. The trailer is just a warped witch mask being turned as it's being narrated then you finally see the witch mask it zooms into it it's a cool mask there's three masks being featured there's a witch mask a skull mask and a pumpkin mask they're all very cool looking the eyes open 
with the witch mask that says Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, the night nobody comes home. That's all you gave us? I'm expecting to see Michael Myers. I saw a witch mask, but I don't give a shit. You oh, haven't told yeah. me anything else. And he's going to kill everyone because no one's coming home. Right. The he's already of- home. We, we already know he's in Hadville. Yeah. No, no, nobody comes home. He's mad, and now he's going to kill everybody. That's what you told me. <laughs> That's what you told me. So, like a lot of fans, at a young age, when I saw Halloween 3, I shit on it. Yeah. Big time. I took probably the biggest, baddest shits <laughs> on, on this film. On this film. Because you fooled us. You fooled us and you... and I don't know if it would have done great numbers at the box office if you don't call it Halloween 3. I don't know that. But I know that the executive producer, Erwin Yablons, from the beginning said, this idea to make Halloween without Michael Myers was a stupid idea. Right. But you had finality in part two. Right? You 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 ended it. Michael is dead. He burned up. He's burned alive. And uh you continue on. But you fooled the audience. So yes, for those of you watching, Halloween three has nothing, nothing to do with Haddonfield, with Dr. Loomis, Laurie Strode, and of course Michael Myers. Nothing. It is a completely new story. Okay. Now then. I absolutely love this movie. Same here. I love is there's your twist. I (laughs) really love this movie. It is one of my favorite movies in the franchise by far. It's my favorite like Halloween season movie. Now I shit on it just like you did. There's no Michael Myers. I don't give a shit. I don't care. It's cheesy 80s, blah, blah, blah. But now every Halloween above Halloween movies. Above all other Halloween movies, Halloween 3 is one I have to watch every October. Absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. Look, it (laughs) seems a bit shitty. This obviously is the term of the of the entire recording. (laughs) Shit, shit, shit. Um, (laughs) It seems shitty as us for us as fans who initially shit on something and then come back later and change our mind. I, I will give you that 100%. It's not fair. Right. We should have been able to see this for what it was. But these movies, they tend to develop these cult followings and they become cult classics later because people don't look at them with such a hyper hypercritical lens. There is a tend to a tended a tendency to be a little bit of a hipster about it. Well, actually, I like Halloween three more than anybody. But it's like so you kind of like, okay, so you get older, you start to kind of develop a little bit more of. You know, how you look at movies is not just like a super duper Michael Myers fan or whatever. So you look at it with like, I would just watch this movie. Yeah. And it this movie is awesome. Yeah. And it's actually not a slasher. It's not. It's a pod movie. Yeah. It's Invasion of the po- Body Snatchers. It, little, it yeah. is. There's, yeah. yeah. There's so many shots in this film that that's exactly what I thought of the whole time. It's so cool. Um, Not to say that the... People from any of the other Halloweens don't make an appearance because they do. Uh, Dick Warlock, who just last last played ha- uh, Michael Myers in Halloween Two, is back as an agent of Connell Cochran's assassin. I think is his credit. Assassin. assassin. Okay, I'll go with that. Um, are they human? Are they not human? Are they cyborgs? Are they aliens? Are they robots? We don't know, but they are killers. 
Uh, they all look the same. They're in these gray, uh, very nice sharp suits. Um, they all kind of blend together in a sense. So which is kind of like the allure and also the scary aspect of it is yeah. that they could be and look like anybody, you know? Yeah. The gray pinstripe suit. The gray suits are coming. Yeah. Keep that's going. good stuff. No, that's good. That's good. Thanks. Um, so Halloween 3, directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. Again, here's another familiar name. Tommy Lee Wallace was the editor and the production designer for Halloween 1. Uh, Carve the pumpkin for Halloween 1. Very mm -hmm. nice. Uh, but also went on record in saying that he didn't like the idea of Halloween 2. What didn't he like about it? I don't think he liked that. The, I think he thought that the Michael story was done. Mm. Okay. Which which tracks with what they, meaning Deborah Hill and John Carpenter, right. meant when they said we this was always and will always be a standalone movie. We right. that's the way we view Halloween one. But if you're gonna make us make another Halloween movie about Michael Myers, here it is. Okay, now we're done. Done. Yeah. We can make more Halloween movies, but they're gonna be an anthology series. Right. We're done with Michael Myers. We're done with Michael Myers. Um. So that enticed Tommy Lee to come do it. He uh, he had just. Uh, I think done a uh, this wasn't his first directorial debut. I don't I mean, I don't think this was his directorial debut. I'm not sure, but it was one of his early directed yeah, films. Uh, pretty much, you know, torpedoed his career right after because it bombed. And when it bombed, it like bombed. Yeah. People were screaming in the theaters, according to, you know, Dick Warlock and anybody who went to watch it. They were like, where's Michael? Like the end ends and they're like, where's Michael? Where's anybody? They're still wondering. <laughs> they're still wondering. Is he going to come out at the end? Is he yeah. going to be the witch? No. Uh, Season of the Witch is a play on uh, the fact that you assume that this main baddie, Colonel Cochran, played by... You know how to say his last. Name. I mean, it's it's like um, he's the guy from RoboCop. He's uh, he's the old man from I RoboCop. His name uh, too. I heard it in the documentary. Ma 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 oh, this is bad. Anyway, uh, he plays uh, the big baddie, and he's got the. This is going back to the autumn uh, autumnal. You know, it's like autumn. Halloween, yeah. very fall, back into really digging deep in what is the history of Halloween. Halloween. And right. it's a Celtic word. It's Samhain, as he says it. Samhain. Yeah, we get the, the proper... The proper uh, Celtic pronunciation yes. of it. Yeah. Um, and so, what you end up having... Oh, by the way, real quick. Uh, his name is Dan O'Herlihy. That's his name. Okay. Dan O'Hurley is Colonel Cochran, magnificently played, but people didn't care. They didn't care. They didn't care how awesome of a character he was or how good of a baddie he was because there was no Michael. Okay, let's get over that. Yeah. Let's talk about how, why, and we love this movie because I really love this movie. It's effective. It really hits on the Halloween tropes of like the season and of the feel. And, you know, Sometimes, not, not because, you know, slashers are not like the best form of horror or the only form of horror. They are the best. They're not the only <laughs> form of horror. But, you know, sometimes you can have aspects of both because there are some slasher aspects to it for sure. Yeah. But there are definitely more so pod. Right. And uh, one thing that I love about the film, obviously, the, the score yet again is very 80s. A lot of synth, 
I believe John Carpenter worked with Alan Howard. Thank you. Yeah. So there wasn't all John Carpenter, but there was a lot of John Carpenter in this. Well, what's uh, what's interesting about this theme, and not to cut you off, I'm sorry, but like uh, there's aspects of Escape from New York mm-hmm. and the thing right. in it. You could hear it. Yeah. Really I think cool. they even said they used some leftovers or something, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, something that is even bigger than the first of all two Halloween films is the consumerism. This is like, there's like a lot of little statements and a little intrigue about the world at that time. And the fact that these kids buy into this commercial and they all sing along the song, they're all wearing their masks. As soon as the, the commercial comes on, they're singing along. They have to be in front of the TV and I give props to silver shamrock for their marketing team. And like, Oh no, <laughs> they, they along with all these kids. Boy, they absolutely kill it. They, they knocked it out of the park. The fact that all these kids have to have this mask, and they know the song and they have to see the commercial what other part of the market like why are kids so drawn to this thing you know i think there's like you know i mean you know when you were in school and you had you know somebody walked in with a for me at one point it was the latest pair of bugle boys and that's why it's such a great statement is it doesn't fucking matter it does just eat it up yeah so they they make they're doing it i want to do it too right right so everyone has to have this imagine if you're the kid that doesn't have the mask you know what i mean like oh like oh i'm the only idiot that didn't get the mask (laughs) great well i think about the silver shamrock's plan in this is like well we need a great marketing team because every kid has to have this mask so the fact that they knew on this halloween every kid was going to want it and like you just yeah. got to give credit to the marketing team. oh abso- absolutely and i'm <laughs> the, and false, I, the fake yeah and i team. love that they actually there was an actual commercial director there was a guy who actually shot the commercial because there's <laughs> a commercial it's so silver silver shamrock is the company that Connell cochran runs that makes gags uh toys and stuff like that for you know like when when they were starting but now is primarily making these masks he was able to he was you know in a way, it's like he played the long game. He roped them in, you know, they trusted him, and then he, he was really going to get them at the end. Which is funny because we don't know this until the end of the movie. And my recent viewing of the movie was the first time that I actually paid attention to the scene when all this is revealed and the Hall of Fame yep. scene yep. is so amazing to me because it's like all this background on the villain of the movie. And I love that scene now because it makes so much more sense. This guy has been in your kid's toy box for years absolutely and you know the all the the parents have even played with the toys and oh you remember this gag i forget the name of the gag but um Uh, yeah uh gosh i forget too but but yeah there's he's a staple yes so what better way i mean yeah sometimes if you the best plans are the long drawn out well thought plans right and that's what he did so you know he he's uh He's playing. He's an Irish man. He's playing Irish, uh, which is where uh, you know the origins of uh, Halloween started. And uh, Donald Pleasance, as Doctor Loomis, references it in Halloween Two. What it was was that because he he Conor Cochran has this moment with the main uh, protagonist with uh, Doctor Chalice, played by Tom Atkins, who isn't your like. He isn't your your typical hero. He doesn't. He he's not like a great looking dude, you know. But he's, he's getting every piece of ass. Let me on just that talk. Movie. Let's talk about that first of all. Doctor Chalice, holy shit, worst doctor in the world. He's more of a Bond. <laughs> yeah. He's more of a James Bond character. He's yeah. smooth. He's obviously sleeping with everyone because you know the, the, he has a connection with like the main three women in the movie. There's only two women I think that he doesn't like have a connection with. 
and or some kind of history with. Is it his current wife or his ex-wife in the movie? Ex-wife. Who is played by, actually, a couple, there are a few familiar faces. Annie Brackett, and Nancy back. Loomis, is back as Dr. Chalice's ex-wife, fiery ex-wife. Um, pretty much, you're, he's a doctor, right? He should yeah. be paid, he should be paid, you know, a good amount of money. And he's just kind of barely hanging on with seeing the kids, visiting the kids. Yep. Uh, it's established that, like, he's, like, almost, like, not happy to see them. Because you know, it's a part, he comes into the house and he's like got these two brown bags of what like he got the masks halloween masks and they're like he's like hello and they're like daddy and he doesn't really react he just kind of like stares down <laughs> and then when they come around he's like hey and i'm like oh dude you hate your kids you know yeah. i mean like, well, yeah kind of plays them up like an uncle almost like, yeah hey, here's your gift all right and they reveal that they're like mom already got a mask yes nailed that one love that line it's one of my favorite <laughs> lines because he gets some of these cheap knockoff plastic masks and they're like mom already got his mask then they are the silver shamrock masks so right. they like everyone else have have the bomb Cons basically yeah consume 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 um yeah i i still think it, yeah it's not fair that we ended up liking it later um but it's such a good movie i i if i can go on a personal little moment uh this was the first movie that my fiance and I saw together. Like really? As, like as a movie date. Okay. I showed her Halloween 3 and we, we loved it. And Was that like your test for a new... Uh, it might have been, but at the time I was like, let's just, let, let's, let's watch this movie and let's see how, <laughs> how this goes. And, you know, it was perfect. Like we watched it. I, I saw stuff in it anew mm -hmm. when i was watching it with her and she loved it and it is our favorite come halloween just like you said yeah. when it's halloween time because i was starting to watch a few of them recently and i was like hey do you want to watch this with me and she said i want to watch it during halloween time yes so it's like absolutely it captures halloween so well it's a fun horror film i i don't know it's different there's not it's not that dark dark tone that we're used to with halloween movies but it's cool. It's no, fun. Yeah. It doesn't take itself too seriously, yeah. which I need in a lot of my 80s horror films. I needed to kind of pump the brakes a little bit. You mm -hmm. know, you can't be you can, but you don't need to be mm -hmm. totally serious. I think, you know, there are, there are subtle levels of how ridiculous it's going to be. First off, going back to Dr. Chalice on how <laughs> how he's the worst father slash doctor in the world. Uh the movie starts with a man being chased by these assassins yeah. and he has one of these Halloween masks. He, um, without going into too much detail, he gets to safety to where someone takes him to the hospital where Dr. Chalice is, is uh, he gets actually beefed when he's visiting his kids. He goes to the hospital, checks on the guy and the guy says, they're all, they're going to, they're going to kill us all. Or they're all, or we're all going to die, or they're going to kill us all. He mm -hmm. says to Doctor Chalice, "It's like the only thing he says while he's clutching the pumpkin mask." Nobody knows what to make of it. It's kind of time out. What? Because the guy that's running away, the guy that says that, yeah, yeah. in the beginning, he goes to a gas station yeah. with Walter. Walter, the attendant, uh -huh. is the one that takes him to the hospital. Yep. So when he says they're going to kill us all, uh -huh. 
did you remember Walter's reaction? Yeah, he turns he turns around and leaves. Yeah. <laughs> At first, I was like, uh, I can leave, right? There's nothing else. Oh, yeah, 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 I guess so. Because Walter's being like really that. nice. He's like, yeah. if somebody's you know in trouble, I I want right. to make sure I help him out. Super stand up moral dude. And as soon as he says that, it made me laugh so hard. He's <laughs> like, right. fuck this, I'm out. No, I'm the I'm smartest guy in the whole film. Yes, he is. <laughs> he's like, he's what. And I think there's like there's uh, again that subtlety of these like characters that we can resonate and we can yep. you know kind of attach ourselves to yeah i would do that if i'm like hey dude i'm gonna take you to the hospital i hope you're okay you haven't said anything and then the first thing you say is like they're gonna kill us all out bye bye <laughs> yep. so yeah i yeah that's that is hilarious um but that's all that dr chalice sees he's like all right put him under you know give him a sedative you know because he's not hurt really i don't think he's just kind of like in he's been running and he survived he survived being attacked by these assassins who never missed her mark, really. So he was able to get rid of one of them, which was in a pretty cool way. Um, their deal is to strangle and or. Okay, so anyway. Continuing he, on. Yeah, he uh, he's in the hospital and Dr. Chalice is like, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chill. I'm going to go take a nap in the break room. <laughs> Pinches the nurse's butt while he does it. Very, I know, man. Very ridiculous. Um, God. Uh, so then the, the, an assassin catches up to this man who gave the warning and in something I have not seen since and or ever the kill. Do you remember the way he kills? Him? Oh yeah. He just, these, the, which is like, the, we don't know yet at this time. We just know that they're very stoic, like kind of like stiff men in these suits he just reaches it. He, he first, he like puts his hand over his mouth and then he reaches his fingers into the eye socket. No, well, I just watched it. He okay. Pulls back. Like he's going to hit him. It's oh, a okay. fist. And yeah. then he does this really dramatic finger out. Oh yes. And yeah, then yeah. he goes into the face. He eye, goes into basically. the eyes and just hooks it <laughs> and pulls it. Like he just basically elongates this dude's face. <laughs> yeah. It's so gross. It's and a great effect. Oh, I mean, it's so great. Pulling, he basically pulls his nose apart. But <laughs> that scene made me laugh so much. This fist. Like, oh, he's going to beat oh, him he's to death. Beat him. Yeah. Finger out. <laughs> it's like this little claw it's comes poke out. Of, poke of doom. Here it comes. And then it's pretty gruesome. Man. Oh, it, it, it's I mean, so, again, practical effects. <laughs> I don't think I have said this, but I will. Because I don't think we've had to deal with a lot of practical effects. Like really. big practical effects. But this was well done. I appreciate it. Yeah, there's some, excuse me, there was some like non-believability of the way his face looks because it doesn't look like a real face. But, you know, yeah, it looks pretty it, good, though. It looks great. Yeah. So he kills that guy. The nurse who got her butt pinched by Dr. Chalice sees that this dude is leaving the room. She's like, what are you doing here? Screams to high hell. And Dr. Chalice wakes up goes and all he's seen is her screaming so he chases this dude down the hallway gets out of the hospital sees that this man has now gotten in his car mm -hmm. got a tank of gasoline poured it on himself yes. in the car just dumps it on dumps himself. it on him and just right he just yeah, he lights a match at his face yeah and blows up and <laughs> tom, Ad blows up. <laughs> tom atkins with the best reaction oh. <laughs> he has such a like uh like uh, a tv like actor going on in this he like, does. tv drama actor but it's kind of perfect oh he, he was i think the best choice for this role yeah, because so. it needed to be somebody you're like okay i believe that he could he could help but uh i wouldn't be surprised if he gets his ass kicked 
you know <laughs> he's like a he's an older uh hero like he's living out his younger days or something like this was supposed to be a younger guy but it's just not no it's, Tom Atkins, and, and, and it's I, perfect i think it is because it, it matches um how methodical he is in his approach right. so it feeds into the style that dean cundy who's shooting it again and Tommy Lee is probably going to take a, you know, the way it was written, um, which, by the way, uh, it was written by Nigel Neal, who was a, a renowned uh, a writer in, in England. Yeah. Uh, the way Tommy Lee Wallace describes it, he's like any criticism that we met that that we gave him was going to be met with some pushback, so to speak. Okay. Like, like, all right, you don't know what you're talking about. This is the way he's like. But Tommy Lee's like, I. I liked the first draft. He said, I thought it was uh, artistic, stylistic, brooding. Uh, he loved it, but he just had it, it needed some it needed to be changed a little bit. So the second rewrite was actually done by John Carpenter. What was interesting is that Tommy Lee is John Carpenter's like protege. It's how he tells he says yeah. that about himself. He had some criticisms with John's writing, and he and he was like, I think John was pretty shocked to see that his protege would like challenge him and stuff. But he's like, but I had some. So I wrote the third draft. He's the only one that gets the credit, though. It says written and directed by Tommy Lee Wallace. Right. So in a way, you screwed yourself by writing it again, you know. But, um, yeah. Uh, again, another Gorilla Crew style. Everybody's doing something. Tommy Lee Wallace is actually. It's almost time, kids. Oh, I know. Uh, well, in the movie Halloween Three, there is a big presence of this commercial that is so amazing and so annoying at the same time. It sticks in your head. It's uh. It's to the theme of London Bridges, basically. Yeah. Um, so that they, it was royalty free. They can make whatever they want. But it sound, it starts like an upbeat polka. So it's like... Happy, happy Halloween. Halloween, Halloween. Happy, happy Halloween. Silver shamrock. And then it changes to be like eight more days till Halloween. And then there's a countdown. They're reminding kids to be in front of their TVs. And this is Tommy Lee Wallace. Yeah. It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Don't forget to be in front of your television sets for the horathon at the big giveaway at nine. It's almost time. Happy, happy, hope. So, Again, that marketing team. I just, oh, it's perfect. You if you, I don't even know what the big giveaway is. I no, who knows? It is, if you're going to give something to me, I want it. More masks. I'm going to be there at nine. So just swag. Yeah, so probably. Swag. Don't forget to wear your masks. Be, on your, be in front of your TVs at nine for the big giveaway. That's what they're telling you. Big giveaway. So all the kids are ready and they know the jingle. Even Chalice's kids are singing this stuff. So it's again, back to Dr. Chalice of being this like ridiculous dude. It's so funny. I got such a huge kick. He's supposed to, he already was supposed to pick up the kids, but got called into the hospital. Right. right. So now he's like, Hey, uh, uh, I, I can't have him tonight. I'll have to get him on Saturday. Yeah, I'll I'll take him. Tra I'll, I'll take him to school or whatever. He tells whatever lie he gives his wife, his ex-wife, and then he decides because um, the love interest and the shows daughter up, of the victim, the daughter of the first victim who said they're going to kill us all, shows up, IDs her dad, and wants to get to the bottom of it. He is a shop owner who owns right. masks and stuff like that. Like he sells masks. 
he, you know, so she wants to get to the bottom of it. Well, she comes in looking very cute, and Dr. Chalice is like, yeah, let's get to the bottom of this shit. Yeah, let's go. You and I. Just yeah, let, let's go check it out. And she's like, oh, okay, yeah, fine. So he totally gets, <laughs> ditches, he gets on the phone. He ditches his kids again. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to be at a conference. It's weird. I'm going to be there. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. It's going to be boring. I, I don't even know what hotel I'm at. Look, I'll call you on Monday. Yeah, I'll take him trick-or-treating. <laughs> Bye. He hangs up the phone, grabs a six-pack of MGD draft. <laughs> you know, just Miller Genuine. Yeah, MGD. And just like runs with the broadest shoulders, by the yeah, way. Tom Atkins has some big really broad shoulders. Runs to go on this weekend discovery get getaway with this girl he just met because well that's what he does that's what it, it it's set up for him to just like have a romantic weekend that's all it feels like yeah it's not like he's really getting to the bottom of anything meanwhile this other doctor who he grabbed her ass and everything is set to discover the car that had exploded well that, that, this is a, this, uh, the one he pinched <laughs> the butt of wow we're so great at labeling people my gosh uh that was this is the movie this is not us. yeah um that was different than the lab technician okay so the lab technician who he also he has a history with her she kisses them in the beginning yeah. i believe or something. yeah so then they're they're in constant contact throughout but i was so confused by like wait is there there's a lab technician at the same ho- hospital that he works at he's a doctor right right what kind of doctor is he and she's like going through mechanics of a car and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, shouldn't she be at like the police station? Right. Or? She's checking the aunt. She's trying to do an autopsy on the the assassin that blew himself up. But it's revealed. She's like, somebody must have done something wrong. All I'm getting are like com- like motor parts or like you know uh, machine parts. Right. She's never given a body. She's playing around with like ashes and mechanics the whole time. So that's what confused me. Of like. You, you can't, gave her car parts? I, yeah. You can't decipher that there's no body here. Okay. You know what I mean? I don't know. There's something about it to me that it was just her yeah, character just kind of seemed. That was a little off, but it was like, it was just to serve the idea that we know something's wrong with these assassins. I guess it's essentially the Ben Tramer of the of this yeah, movie. Yeah. A little bit of a misdirection, red herring. But yeah. Okay. Um, besides that, the movie really just kind of, you know, goes on this this pace that we have come to know from these Halloween movies. So in that sense, it's very true. It's very true to the Halloween style that it keeps this methodical, slow establishing shots. They find this sleepy town of uh, Santa Mira, right? Where they go, uh, that's where the silver, silver shamrock factory is. They go to go check it out. It's a factory town. Yeah. So everything runs around the factory essentially. Everyone there is supposed to be a worker, but it's that small town feeling when you drive in and everybody's like, who's that? Why are they here? It, it, it's set up so creepy, which is awesome because there's they established right away. As soon as they drive into Santa Mira, there's cameras on them. Right. And the cameras are rotating. So, you know, that you're being watched. CCTV. And then, and then every storefront has a person, a, a resident in there looking out the window. Who the hell is this? Right. What? was this car who is this person that's how small this town is supposed to be and i think he even says oh factory town there's yeah. there's some like punch in your face dialogue to, did you get it it's yeah. a factory town yeah but that's okay you can't see it it's a factory town yeah it's small yeah. so it's a very creepy old school town so we know that we, we set that up they head to the motel the score is setting it up too it's very nice it's like yeah. it's all at a at a at a you know at a drawl sort of thing at a slow sort of pace so they decide they're gonna they're gonna mask themselves 
pardon the term, but they're going to uh, masquerade as a married couple who is just passing through. So they find the hotel and they talk to uh, the guy who runs the hotel and he's just this chipper, older Irish man. He's like, oh, yes, you've come to the right place. <laughs> it's what does he say? It's it's cozy. It's quiet. And the price is right. Price I'm is like, right. hell yeah, I'm going to go to that hotel. Yeah. You just sold it to me and I, don't, I haven't even seen the room. But what, what's uh, hilarious is he's so welcoming and yet the whole town was looking at them like, what the hell are you doing here? I know. Right. What are you doing? What, who's that? But and he's like, yes. <laughs> yeah. But that's it. Right. Like you pick the one guy that's going to be welcoming to you. Whereas if you had gone anywhere else, they would have been like, what do you want? You know, mm-hmm. they would. But anyway, it does have that sense of everyone's in on it. Right. So even though it, he he asks Ellie to uh, kind of keep the innkeeper Keep him distracted right. while he goes and checks the books. And then he dad jogs his way over to the lobby. Still with the broadest shoulders the ever, and it's fine. But any, <laughs> what he finds out is that her dad was staying there. Right. So there's a little bit of de- detective work that he's doing. Insert the most obnoxious American family in the world. The Cupford family. Yeah. Uh, Buddy Cupford. Buddy Cupford. And he has been invited to to the silver shamrock factory by Colonel Cochran because he sold the most masks in the entire country. That's right. And most people are going to the factory from out of town to pick up orders. Right. To pick up orders. Introduced to somebody else. Right. Gosh. It's a little bit of a, I mean, cause look, it's going to be revealed obviously that if something's too good to be true, it usually is, mm-hmm. especially in this movie, especially the way that, uh, uh, Dan O'Hurley, he, d- you know, delivers his character of right. Connell Cochran. It's a shit-eating grin. It's like, you know, there's right. there's there's something happening behind his eyes, you know, right. where he's like, oh, yes, don't worry, folks. Everything right. is under control. But again, we have the legend of him, like the, the, the town is talking about him in this certain way. And he even drives past when the, uh, the motel owner is talking about, oh, you know, there's right. Mr. Cochran now, you know, uh, and... You don't see him in the car. It's a it's a Michael Myers esque drive by where you don't see who's in the car. You see a creepy car driving by. Um, but the Cupford family. Let's talk about the Cupford family. Little buddy, their their little son, fucking obnoxious kid. Yeah. Just they, they're in a Winnebago. They bra- they they hit the brakes really hard because they almost hit Doctor Chalice as he's just walking. The bike flies off. That's be- belonging to a kid, mm. and it's little buddy's like, "Did you break it?" <laughs> and he just gets on the bike and starts pedaling in like a one fail swoop. And the mom and the his mom, the wife, is just like, "Don't go into the street." And he flips her off. He's like, "Nah." Does he? Yes. I saw. Like he puts the hand. No, up. he flips her off. I, I, the mm, finger comes up. I, I yeah. Let's let's go. How much? Right. Let's let's make some money. <laughs> <laughs> make a bet out of it. <laughs> no, he does. He flips her off because he's this little piece of shit right. Maruka salt so we kid. Hate him. Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> yeah, he's he's very much. <laughs> Veruca Salt style, like I don't care how I want it now, sort of thing. He is going. You're like, I don't want a kid to die. I don't want a kid to die. But if that kid dies, I'm all right. It's all right because look, this movie takes a huge risk. It, does. it kills kids. It does. You can't. The whole do movie that. is about killing kids. You can't do that today. Yeah. Could you? Could you make this movie today? No, there's a big there's a big thing about that. Uh, John Carpenter even mentioned that like, we can't kill kids. Uh, 
and it's 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 how they're killed. It's 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 so heinous. I mentioned it in the pumpkin spice latte. I was it's like gruesome. It's very gruesome. Not only does the mask eat your face uh, through electrical properties and magical properties of the Stonehenge stones uh, that are activated by this. <laughs> can't help but laugh when you describe it like that it is it, it is a bit odd, you know far-fetched but like anybody who's seen like outlander and all these it's right. always been a thing that stonehenge has magical especially uh witchcraft properties or like the connections to it i've seen it referenced many times so it does not surprise me that they went this way it's just that they actually bring the stones to santa mira and are just like just freaking filing off parts of it and just putting it and it, it's how he it's like a little magnet on the back of each mask that says silver shamrock and mm -hmm. it's the emblem and that is the thing that gets activated with the commercial yeah. so when the commercial goes into that it just goes into this high gear it's supposed to activate the mask that eats the kids brains and face it peels off their face and then they fall in a bunch of like what do they got crickets snakes a rattlesnake. Yeah, a oh. rattlesnake. Yeah. I'm jumping ahead, but like, let me just say. It's fine. There's something else <laughs> that you mentioned. And it's when they go to the factory and it's one of my favorite lines because they actually show the stone from Stonehenge. And he's like, you wouldn't believe how we got here. You wouldn't believe it. And yeah. It's so, like, <laughs> I guess we won't believe What it. did you do? I, I don't know how you got here, man. <laughs> I smuggled it. <laughs> it's the funniest line in a movie. <laughs> he's so... And, and, and again, another reason why I think this is so good is because it hits my style of what I think a boogeyman, a, a boogeyman is scarier this way. When chalices, cause like, and we're going to be jumping all around. Sorry about that. But like, there's a moment where chalice confronts him and asks him why he's doing it. And his response is, do I need a reason? <laughs> Woo! When he said that, I was like, no, you fucking don't. You don't need a reason. But he does but have he, a reason. But he gives a reason anyway. Okay, so let's backtrack a little bit. They go to the factory, uh, Tom Atkins and Ellie. Ellie. Um, they go to the factory to check on her father's order. Say, right. They're using it as a bit of a as a guise. Yeah. Right. They need to get into the factory. They want to get more information about Ellie's father. So they check in on the order saying, we never got it. What happened to it? And they say, oh, somebody picked it up. Oh. We would like to speak to somebody else. Enter uh, the Willy Wonka family, as yep. I've been known to. Yeah, I'm so glad that you said that because I literally have it in my note. The Buddy Cupford family belongs in the Willy Wonka factory. They absolutely, yeah. They're just one. They're they just kind of fall. They check all the marks of one of the families that goes in there and just fucks it up. Yeah, they're obnoxious from the from the you know buddies that like overbearing salesman. The wife is like, I guess what you would. You know, classify as a middle America trophy wife. Yeah. Um, that's I'm not being rude. I'm just being realistic. But uh, she's like, you know, she's got a little bit of violet in her when she's like, you know, like, hi, how you doing? Like openly hits. Do you, did you notice the way he introduces his wife to Dr. Chalice? He's like, uh, hi, buddy Cuthbert. That's my wife over there. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And she's like, pleased to meet you. I'm like, what do you what you is the, what is the nudge yeah. what are you telling me okay maybe you're swingers i think he's just hamming it up i mean we just don't want to like them right i we can't like them we want them to out of all of them i was okay with with but like the main guy buddy he seemed like just a bit of a dope and stuff he's and a it's very like 80s character yeah yeah like he never grew up like he played with toys yeah 
Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but right, they attached themselves to the Cutfort, Cuth, Cutfort, Cupfort, Cupfort family. They attached themselves to them because they're going to go on this tour of uh, Silver Shamrock Factory. Factory. They, he's the top salesman. He's the top salesman. He's going to get a, a guided tour, but it's all a ruse, of course. So Chalice and Ellie attach themselves to it because Cochrane is, you know, he's like, oh, I heard about your problem with the order. I'm about to, you know, reimburse you free of charge on me. Everyone's like, oh, isn't he, isn't he the greatest? Yeah, yeah he's great. the best. Yeah. He's like this huge benefactor because there's no reason to suspect him up till now. They're like, oh, this is what? Uh, Mr. Duncan in Home Alone 2. He's like he's like this yeah. sweet old man, you know? Like right. they actually talk about him uh when they go to that room that I've been talking about, the Hall of Fame, as Mr. Yes, yeah, the Hall of Fame talks about it. They they show these great masks on the side, they show all these old trinket toys, and they, they go into the background of the fact that this guy has literally been in your kid's toy box for years. He's been in your parents' toy box for years. This yeah. company has been around. And the wife even says, Oh yeah, he's one of the richest men in the country. That's right. And now we're like punching into this old storyline. This guy's been around. People know who he is. And he's been a totally normal, okay. Yeah. Great. It's it's the, toys. It's the long game, you know. He, right. he 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 lulled everyone to sleep so that when he finally made his final play, you were for sure going to buy his masks and everyone yeah. was going to be he was going to get everybody. Right. So, on this tour, you see little buddy seemed up, which is uh, to me is kind of weird because your dad literally sells these masks all day, every day. And when he sees the mask, he's like, Ooh, I want a mask. I'm like, have you never seen one? Right. Your dad has anyway, it doesn't matter because that's a little bit into the Veruca. I want a golden goose or yeah, whatever. He wants right? one off the factory line. Exactly. So when he wants one, it doesn't have the tag yet. Right. right? So Cochran's like, uh, not that one. Have this one that has the tag. He's like, Oh, cool. And, the suspicion is starting to rise with chalice he's like okay and then they're like hey well, what why aren't these ready he's like oh they have to go through final processing final processing is the word yeah and final processing is basically when they take the mask little emblems that are like those tags that are in the back of them they put the stonehenge properties on them. <laughs> they activate them and then they put them in the bag so it's like oh you wouldn't want to go back there final the perfect sign that says Final process. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's just Chalice is already like, huh, can we can we take a look? Or Buddy says, oh, can I take a little peek? And then Chalice just gets in there. Yeah, you don't want to peek for your uh, your top, your tough salesman. Right. Just trying to like kind of push yeah. him. And you could already tell he's like, oh, okay, you're up to something a little bit. And it's almost like Cochran picks up on it. He's he does. Like, yeah. yeah. And he's, he's great. He's very intelligent because he picks up immediately and plays it down. Uh, chemicals. Uh, he plays it as like a safety thing. Right. You can't go in there. So it's like you're as a viewer, you're watching this and you're like, okay, we've got a formidable bad guy because he's not going to be tricked easily. Right. He's not going to be, he knows what's going on and he's almost like lulling you into a false sense of security. Right. Which is what he thinks he's doing. Like to Chalice and Ellie. Chalice is playing it right. He's playing it cool, calm, and Ellie, she can't because she's looking for her dad or anything. Having to, well, No, she knows her dad is dead, but she's trying to see if there's any involvement from this company with his death. And what does she find when they're starting to leave the plant? 
her dad's car. Her dad's car. And along with the gray suits. Surrounded by the gray suits. And she can't help herself, even though Chalice tries to stop her. And I think that was where you fucked up, A.A. Ron. <laughs> <laughs> you done fucked up because she charges the car. The gray suits stop her. Yeah. She shows her cards. Yeah. So, um, Then we go back to the hotel. And uh, this this happens now, right? It's after the tour. Mm -hmm. Either it happened before or after the tour, but we got to talk about, we got to talk about the most unrealistic hookup of all time. Dr. Chalice is just... Tom Atkins has just been throwing his broad shoulders all over the place. <laughs> and, you know, him and Ellie go back to the hotel, discuss what's been going on, and they get together. And they have, you know, they, they have an, an amazing sex scene for the 80s. And for the 80s. <laughs> amazing sex scene. Amazing sex scene. Yeah. I mean, look, because look, it's it's amazing in the sense it's like Tom, like Tom Atkins, he even laughs at himself. He's like, I don't know what I was doing. I don't even know why they would, I would be the one doing it. I mean, look, he's like, if if the brawny man had a little bit, like stopped lifting trees, you know, he's just, <laughs> he's got the, 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 you know, there's, there's a bit, he's got the mustache. He's very cool looking. But it just doesn't make sense because she's she's gorgeous and young, way younger than and he they is. They actually mentioned that. Yeah, actually, after how they, old are you? she's like, uh, I, right after they've already anyway. Yeah. So after they've already after they, they did, already yeah. did it. So, yeah. um, stuff stuff starts to kind of go off the rails at this point. It, right. it, it he from, runs into the the drunk of the town. The um, the bum. Yeah, the bum who's like, you know, yeah. wanting to pull off of I think this is actually before the tour. But one thing that he says that I want to go back to is the bum says this and he gets taken out after. But he says uh, the words, this is the last Halloween. And he says, I'm going to take a Molotov to that right. factory and right. I'm going to take it down. So it's this foreboding of somebody else is in on the secret of what's happening here and they want to take out the factory. Uh, but he says last Halloween and it comes up again throughout the movie is the last Halloween line. Other characters say it, I think, two or three more times. Okay. And it's really interesting huh. to me because it was, at the time, John Carpenter, Deborah Hill, everyone's last Halloween film. Yeah. And if you're looking at the way the movie should end, it should be the last Halloween. The last like, Halloween, if you kill yeah. this many kids and nobody's going to do Again, Halloween. Again, that symbolism, that theme is apparent in this one is the last Halloween. So, so uh, at one point, um, I think I think I, we kind of got to look confused about what but anyway after the tour they see she charged the car and that's all they needed right so they abduct her they abduct ellie and uh chalice is he didn't see it happen or he's playing trying to play catch up um so it's time it's time that he's like all right you guys got her i gotta show my cards i gotta i gotta try so he tries to infiltrate they catch him because uh, he's trying to find her. He knows that she's there. Right. And that's when Connell Cochran decides, I'm going to be the steer- the typical villain. And I'm going to tell you all of my plans. Right. <laughs> Starting from the top. Um, that's when we learn everything about Stonehenge. That's when we see an actual demonstration being done to the Cuthbert family. Right, the kid. The, uh, they put him in this, uh, they put him in this room where there's like, it's like a, a 
a TV and like, you know, there's this, uh, it's like a living room. Right. And buddy is just like, yeah, he just wants me to give him my, my thoughts on, a on some commercials. Kids got his mask on. They're acting like it's the giveaway and it eats his face. He's pull, there's the, the, the look of the kid pulling off the mask. It's so well done. It's so gross. It's cool because it looks like the mask is melting on his face when yeah. he starts to tear at it. And then you start to see all the, the, the snakes and everything once he hits the ground. It's, it's a cool-ass effect, but I always love the melt, the hands in the mask and the look of it like melting. In the, the, face melting. the kid who played Little Buddy says, he's like, they only had one of those. I had to get it right in the first time. He's like, they, I remember them telling me they're like yank on it but like we only got one yeah. like we could only do this effect once or something like How that pressure for our little kids. it is like because you know even as an adult if they, I, i've been on sets where they're like all right this is it this i mean like we, we only got one take because of whatever something's gonna expire or something's right. gonna blow up or whatever and they're like get it right the first time and you're like okay and i'm like an adult so i could imagine what this kid was feeling uh, but yeah, um, all the, then all the creatures that come out of him kill the rest of the family. They either die of shock or they get bit by snakes or, uh, and it's revealed to Tom Atkins that this is what's going to happen to every kid. every kid. And he does this awesome choice as an actor, as you <laughs> see this. <laughs> yes, the hands. And he puts them down. He puts them down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I always, I read it as kids have these masks but also he doesn't care about his kids that much so i don't know he tries to warn his wife he calls her when he's like trying to sneak around tell him to get rid of the masks i don't know he goes like really high pitched and she you could hear um his wife played by nancy loomis like you're just jealous fuck off yeah and just you're a bad dad that's what happens you reap what you sow so from then on, it's pretty much it. so they have them tied down. We got to talk about the Halloween. Movie ah, yes. So back to when I referenced when he says, "Do I need a reason to do this?" Mm-hmm. is when he goes on his little talk about the reason I'm doing this is because. Well, what does he say? He's like, "Buddy Cuthbert was right. I love a good practical joke, and what better joke to play than on all the kids in America?" He's mm-hmm. like, or in the world, he said that. Uh, I think that was his reason was just to, to do it, right? Well, it goes back to the, the witchcraft part of it. That's right. And yeah. There were sacrifices. Right. There were sacrifices and this was what children burning, animals burning, blood everywhere. And the, yeah. The first uh when the planets were aligned, because yes. he talks about that too. The yeah, when the planets were aligned and three thousand years ago, the first festival of Samhain and the hills ran red. <laughs> oh, that was cool. He's just saying that like it's time to do it again. And he's going to do it because... 3,000 years ago, if I believe, if I'm correct, is when the last one happened. The last alignment happened. Right. right. So he's like, it's time to right. do it. So he planned it. Yeah. And there's a there's a scene where Tom Atkins is going through the factory and he comes across that knitting, uh, that person that's knitting. Yeah. The woman that's knitting. Yeah. It looks like an animatronic. Yeah. And the head falls off and it's revealed that this mechanical human... It's from 1785. Yeah, he said that was an antique. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, we'll never be able to rebuild it or something like that. But you see the mechanics of this old. And I, I text you about this. Like, did you ever see Westworld? That's <laughs> now, why. It okay. reminds me so much of the, the newer version of Westworld. Right. 
Anthony Hopkins and that character and building these these robots. But again, it goes back to the idea that this guy is not new to the game. So right. there's no reason that this is not going to work. Right. And you've seen it. You already by this point have seen that a kid has died right. and he died really badly. So you're like, oh, my God, this is going to get terrible. This is going to get worse. Mm-hmm. So he, he he's going to force Chalice to watch the horathon. So uh, I think it was like almost eight. He was going to make him watch like an hour of it because the big giveaway was at nine. Mm-hmm. So he puts the he's ties him up and he just tells him, um, you know, this is what's going to happen. Puts the mask on him, but turns the TV on. Well, what? Is playing during the horathon. The immortal, the classic. Halloween one is playing during the horathon, which makes probably everyone's head in the theater explode. <laughs> At that point, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I would have. I'd be like, oh fuck. Jesus. <laughs> but the music's playing. Like the, the extended trailer of the music is playing during right. this part. You're like, that's the chase scene. <laughs> it, it, it 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 hits to the point he's about to say bye to Chalice. He's got the, he looks kind of ridiculous because of that. He's got the skull mask on and the carpenter theme is playing in the background because it's coming from the TV because of the movie and Dan O'Hurley, he just delivers such an amazing, creepy line. And it's just, oh, happy Halloween (laughs) with the music being under, oh, it's the best. It's like the, when anyone shows you a clip from the movie, it's probably the kid pulling the mask or him saying that part right i think right that those are the two gotta be and the the trick-or-treaters oh right and, oh uh, because phoenix yeah. arizona is like a really cool shot i have that in my notes as well yeah so there's dean cundy flexing his big old muscles <laughs> on everybody with his cinematography awesomeness yes so what you see is while Chalice is being tied up, you see all throughout the country, kids grabbing the masks and it's like referencing, you know, this town and this town and this town. And then there's a awesome scene shot and it's the sun is already set. It is like almost dusk. Or it is dusk. And these you see a witch and you see these kids walking on the hillside and all it is is their silhouettes against the orange sky. It's like a beautiful orange too. Oh. It's the best shot in that series, in that movie. And it's one, it's one that really sticks out. And it's like, you can only get that at one point of the day, yeah. you know, and then you're using kids like that's, that's very impressive, you know, cause like mm-hmm. anytime you work with child actors, it's, you know, sometimes it's difficult, but you know, just walk, it's fine. Uh, so it's showing that the whole country is going to be affected. Well, wouldn't you know, old broad shoulders himself manages <laughs> to get, man. yeah. Manages to get loose, gets out of his chair, throws the mask he has. Did you notice this? Throws the mask he has on the one camera that is in the room, and it lands perfectly on it. Of course it would. So he's covered his tracks a little bit so he can go look for Ellie, one, and then, you know, try and sabotage the plan, too. So he finds Ellie. She Well, he had already seen that she was there. Right. Because, uh, you know, Cochran showed him that she was just, like, tied up. The whole plan. So, Huh? The whole plan was revealed. Everywhere. Oh, yeah. He showed everything. So he gets Ellie, and it's time. He's like, come on, come on, follow me. And she's just like, oh, she's in a day. She doesn't, she doesn't really say anything, right? So then they go. And they take off, and he 
does a sabotage, a big sabotage where he turns, remember, he turns on all the computers so that they could start playing the part of the commercial right. that activates Stonehenge and basically those chips. Yep. But he gets a big box of chips, takes the, the silver shamrock, goes up into the rafters, throws them down. And while it's playing, everything gets electrified. Everybody yeah. gets all killed. Sparks, all the chips yeah. are coming down. And yeah, everyone apparently working for silver shamrock at that point is gets like deactivated. They're all mechanical. Yeah. And yeah, they all die and drop except for Cochrane. There's one left and he sees what's happening. He's just like, well, he's an older man. He's not going to run at anybody, right? He just sees what's happening. He looks up, he sees Chalice and Ellie. And now it makes up. He just does this. So it's such a cool moment. He just looks up at him and he just goes. Yeah. Golf just gives him the little smallest golf clap. Chalice just ruined his whole world. He just <laughs> fucked everything up. Then. Cochrane gets zapped by Stonehenge as well, so he evaporates. So now it's only a matter of let's get out of here and try and warn the world about, like, let's have them not play this thing. So it's him and Ellie, and they're driving, and he's like, God, I did it. I you know, destroyed the factory. I saved the girl. I'm out of here. Except... Twist. Twist. Ellie grabs him, tries to kill him. She's been converted to a robot. There's actually a fan theory. Was she a robot the whole time? Ooh, That's so. To bring it. So I don't know. Um, he he deals with her, punches her so hard in the head that her head falls off, <laughs> <laughs> knocks her block off. Uh, anyway, uh, it's pretty much this is the, the final back to the original gas station with Walter. And, uh, you know, he, Walter's like, hey, don't I know you? Because he's the doctor. <laughs> yep. And there goes Chalice. He gets on the phone to frantically call somebody. You would assume it's the... The head of the, the TV network? The something? one who handles all the channels? Like, I mean, he... I don't know. It was like one, you know, two, three, and four or whatever. Or like three, four, number. and five. I, I anyway, don't know who to call to shut down a bunch you know, of TV stations. Doc, doctors know the numbers. Wow. Dr. Chalice. <laughs> Dr. Chalice knows the numbers. So he's on the phone and it's almost nine o'clock and it is nine o'clock by the time he's on the phone talking to somebody to like, you got to get, you got to turn it off. You got to turn it off. I can't prove it. I can't prove it, but millions are going to die. You got to believe me. And he's like, it's plain. These kids get to the gas station. Walter's giving him candy. And I was like, that's cool. (laughs) It's nice to go to a gas station and get, yeah. Yeah. I like Walter. He's He's just being a good dude. So the kids get in front of the, of the TV and he's talking. He's like, you got to turn it off, turn it off. And we interrupt this for technical difficulties. Oh, awesome. He gets it off. Kid turns the channel. Second one off as well. Yeah. And he's just like, he's just watching. He's like third channel. Channel three. Channel three. It's not. It's not off. Nope, still playing. It's still playing, and that's. He's like, you got the third channel. The third channel is off. Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> and it ends with him screaming into the lens. Stop it! Yep. We don't know if they stopped it. I don't think they did. It's the last Halloween. He thinks that they stopped it. Yeah, Atkins does, but because he's the hero, he has to be yeah. the hero at the end. He has to make it. But I. I I'm with you. I like the idea that they didn't stop it and there was a mass <sighs> massacre <laughs> and all the kids uh, suffered horrible deaths. That's just a crazy, crazy twist. 
and into a movie. That's Halloween three. I don't want to see the sequel to Halloween three. I want to see the aftermath, like another movie in that world. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. God damn. You remember in 1982 when all those kids died from the mask? <laughs> Oh, you mean that piece of shit movie? Oh, <laughs> my God. Uh, I love this movie. This is a great Halloween holiday film. What do you rank it? In- I mean, I you can tell I'm a fan of this movie. I love it so much. Uh, I think as far as what I want to give it as a rating is going to be one thing. Where I rank it. I don't. I can't put it in the ranking of the Halloween movies. I, it it is in its own category by itself because it's there's no Michael Myers, so it's unfair. Okay. But if I'm gonna rate it, it's gonna get three and a half stars. Three and a half. Yeah. Wow. No, I'll go with four. Wow. Yeah, I'll go with four. That is a ma- okay. So you're saying that's the equal to Halloween two. Remember the legitimacy of the belt here. <laughs> no, you're right. You got right. You got to be careful with this. I, I do. Hold on. Let me think. You yeah. do yours. I'm. I don't want to do halves, but I. I can't say a two. I want to say a three, just because I enjoyed the movie. Again, you can't compare it to another Michael Myers Halloween film. But in general, for the holiday, I have to watch it every year. I have to sit down and watch Halloween three. So I'm going to give it three, three knives, three stars, whatever we're ranking. And uh, it's a solid movie and everyone needs to watch it. I'll stick with three and a half. My first one. All right. Yeah. Three I like and that. Half. I think that's generous, but no, but, but I, I, I think it's a good movie. It is I think movie. it's a good movie and that cannot be said by every movie in the series. That's true. I enjoy the hell out of this movie every single time I watch it. So anything else to say about it? If you have not watched this movie, watch it. Uh, get yourself a six-pack of Miller Genuine Draft. <laughs> get yourself a nice, cozy hotel room uh, and watch the shit out of it. Yes, I I totally agree. Yeah, go watch Halloween 3. Do not expect Michael Myers to be in it. Just watch it. Enjoy it. Uh, we'll see you next time for the return of Michael Myers and Halloween 4. Bye. Ha, <laughs> ha,